0: Gloomy, mostly Euclidean confines of Castle Gormagon, upon the lofty, wind blasted heights of the Plateau of Lang, I am Confucius the Ecumenical Volgi, and this is Radio Gormagon. Hey boys and girls, welcome to another episode of Radio Gormagon. Today we have, we've shaken it up a bit, and we have the Mandarin. Hello. And the volgy How you doing? And hiding in his troll cave, Pewter.
1: I prefer to think of it as a rumpus room, and hello
2: everybody. Relax.
1: Yes, well we've started back in in New York. Yeah, we, We're not locked down, but it's like... <laughs> Which folds into the Cuomo. Um, The The Cuomo. The Cuomo. It's like um, the Chad from Charlie's Angels, the movie. The Chad Um, is great. The Chad is great. The Chad is sad. So Andrew Cuomo, as everybody knows, is in trouble because he killed the olds and fucked the youngs. So, and it by that was a little too strong. He molested the youngs under their blouses and cupped their breasts. So, but, the, you know, my way flow is a little better than that. Allegedly.
0: Next.
1: Allegedly. <laughs> Allegedly. So, what we've learned from this episode, apparently, is that the saint of the left is no better than Donald Trump. Um, which, to me, is not really a revelation because most politicians are giant jackasses. Not all of them, but, you know, too many of them.
0: So do we want to actually start so that you can save this?
1: What the hell? I'm just gonna go on a rant about Cuomo. <laughs> I mean, I figure you're taping anyway, and I'll try to remember to use people's names. You might have to bleep. Um, so but so yeah, Cuomo, you know, Cuomo killed the olds, fucked the youngs didn't fuck the youngs, really. <laughs> but what he ended up allegedly. doing allegedly, allegedly, reached up under their blouses and cupped their breasts. And that's just how apparently Italians say hello. That was his big defense was it's like, hey, man, you know, I'm just Italian, and that's, you know, it's okay that we're misogynistic assholes who treat women like property, and you know, so that was his big defense. He he no longer operates under emergency authorization power, so he's decided he's no longer issuing executive orders about anything, so I said, really, we strongly recommend remasking. You know, it's like, we're not going to tell you you have to, and the worst part of it is, because Mrs. P teaches, is that the state department of health has said we're not issuing any sort of guidance on how to reopen schools none it's up to the local jurisdictions so because of Cuomo's scandals he's decided that he's going to try to ride it out because he's a giant narcissistic asshole like like no and this is my opinion trump is a giant narcissistic asshole too but the the cuomo is sort of the scales are starting to fall from people's eyes about cuomo and he's decided the way he's going to try to ride it out is the way he always has is sort of hang on to the black boat in New York City, which is quickly abandoning him and then sort of power through by not locking us down again. Because I'm pretty sure we'd be locked down again or have a mask mandate again if it weren't for his current double scandals.
2: You know, it's interesting you talk about the leg of vote in New York. I don't know how they keep that vote because what you're basically creating now with de Blasio's, edict that you have to have this vaccine passport to come to any restaurant or anything else. You've got a population of almost 60% to 70% along with the Hispanic population who don't want the vaccine, who aren't going to get it. So for as much as the Democrats scream Jim Crow 2.0 and all this stuff, like most Democrats, everything they do, everything they say is really what they're doing and they project it onto someone else. And like I said, it's I think the Democrats have really gotten themselves into a bind. I I see it here in Illinois with Pritzker. Our local school district was all set to go. My wife's school district was all set to go. No masks. Of course, because some wanted it, some didn't, Pritzker came in and basically said, I'm mandating you're going to have masks in school. There's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. If you decide as a local school board not to do it, we're going to cut your state funding off. So basically, he's using the power of the purse to extort them into having masks. The parents are furious, but they don't really care about what the parents want anymore. And, and you know, I, I'm of the mind where, look, this isn't a fake flu. I'm not one of those people that says, oh, this is fake. Trust me, I had COVID. Luckily, I had a mild case of it. So did my family. Whereas the czar, he had it pretty bad. We had at the same time. This is one of those weird things. I've got the vaccination, so I'm not anti-vax. But my attitude is I'm not putting a mask back on. I've taken the steps. I've, as far as I'm concerned, I've got durable immunity. I don't know why I have to worry about someone else. And I think part of it is no one takes responsibility for their own well-being. If you're that terrified, don't leave your house. Stay, but I shouldn't have to give up my life. And I think that's, that's what scares me the most about this whole thing. We've talked about this before. Is how many people at the beginning, and I get it. When it first came out a year and a half ago, nobody knew. And um, you know people were afraid. I get it. But now we have know so much more and you're starting to see that you know, we are lied to on a consistent basis that to give up your freedom, basically to give up on life to live makes no sense. And I, I for one, I refuse to do it. I just I just can't do it anymore.
0: Three of three is going back to college um, and we took him out to dinner last night and we were just having some small talk. We talked about, oh, you, you know, start doing more stuff around Chicago and and Mrs. G dropped. You know, you could take the L because as part of their student package with tuition and all, they get a CTA pass, so they can use the L not CTA, but whatever they call it. Oh. It is a
2: CTA. You're correct. CTA, oh. yeah.
0: Okay. That's ironically the same as I think, uh, New York city. Um, that's the MTA, that's the MTA, MTA. MTA that and is. I take the
1: L all the time. <laughs> as it's the elevated. As not that to- L.
0: <laughs> so. So 303, like, starts freaking out. He's like, I'm not taking the L. And and he, he cites the Lollapalooza, right? And so Chicago hosted Lollapalooza, it was huge. There was a bunch of crowds there. And and so far, no one is really calling it a potential super spreader event, but it potentially is, because um, there was a bunch of people there unmasked because we've reached that stage, right? And know i'm of the same opinion as mandy right i'm vaccinated i don't do a lot of i'll say unsafe practices like i go to work i some days like it's i'm in a hybrid mode and i go to the grocery store and we go out occasionally and when i'm in stores right now because my county has reinstated mandatory masks regardless of status i wear my mask yeah great but I really question it. And, and so they posted, so three of three is freaking out. He's like, oh, this is, it's going to be with the Delta variant. It's going to be terrible. I'm like, and so he and Mrs. G are like fighting over this. I'm just sitting back and my my wife turns to me and looks at me and goes, are you going to jump in here? And I go, this argument is stupid. Like, like you guys can go back and forth, but. It's really up to three of three and what he wants to do with his life. If he wants to sit inside his apartment for the next six months, well, great. Okay, that's going to be your life. But I would choose otherwise, and I would encourage him to do so as well. He's vaccinated, right?
2: Yeah, Yeah. he had to be. Yeah, yeah, they required – like my son's university required it. You know, and here's the thing too is – My son's university
1: university did not.
2: Oh, ours did. In fact, he had to upload the card and everything. But what what kills me is you see like an event like over the weekend – President Obama has his 60th birthday party. All the photos are out. Everybody's there, you know, elbow to asshole together. Nobody's got a mask on, but they're going to come back now and tell you, well, you've got to have a mask. And it's like everybody gets tired of the fact that, oh, my God, we're your social betters. Do as we say, not as we do. And it gets to be very hypocritical. Like you talked about Lollapalooza, you know, every Trump rally was a super spreader event. Every BLM protest in the street was fine. It's the same thing here. Life needs the revenue. It was generated by Lollapalooza. So therefore, oh, it's 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 fine. Everybody's got their vaccine card, which kids were just photocopying on a piece of paper. and Nobody didn't even check. You walked by, flashed a paper, and, and kept walking. Nobody checked you. But they need the revenue. So, I mean, the, the hypocrisy of this whole situation is just mind-boggling, and even even for the government. I mean, <laughs> I mean, I don't trust the government to begin with, and I don't mean it that way. i got like a tinfoil hat on. More, It's more aluminum. But, um, you know, it, it gets to the point where, you can see why there's so much division and people are so upset about this is because no one knows who to believe. And, you know, I, I've, I've actually created a Gab account for more for his research because it's kind of interesting to see the other side of it. But what scares the hell out of me is the more I look at that stuff, the more I think to myself, oh, my God, Alex Jones is actually right. Because everything he says comes true. I was like, this suddenly sucks. <laughs> yeah, How can this, this gotta be right?
1: <laughs> yeah, this timeline does bite. But, I mean, my, my thought on the vaccines has always been, look, you told us we got vaccinated that we could get back to our normal lives and you still insist that the vaccines are very 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 good and effective and prevent hospitalization let's say let's say they're 100 percent or darn close at preventing hospitalization for any reason which they are then who cares i mean so you get sick on top of it but you're not going to die you're not going to clog up the. i mean the original two weeks to stop to slow the to bend the curve or whatever it is. I forget what it was. Flatten the curve. Flatten the curve. So two weeks to flatten the curve, you know, it turned it's we've been like what, twelve months past that. Well twelve months past that. And you're kind of going, Yeah, I'm vaccinated at this point. You know, the curve is going to bounce up and down. It's going to be endemic. It's it is probably endemic at this point. And there's not much we can do about it. You know, honest to God, the unvaccinated people get to make their choices and they have. Um, and the people who are vaccinated have made their choices and we have, um, and at a certain point, the, the, I think the correct response for, you know, a democratic government is you've made your choice. You live with the consequences and we'll figure it out. And I don't have, you know, and this, this is something that really started a brouhaha on Twitter was my opinion that as long as you advertise up front, you know, hospitalization things, it's like, if you're in the hospital because you have COVID and you're intubated and you're not vaccinated and somebody who comes in after you is vaccinated or has a heart attack and needs the needs the ventilator or whatever that's it you're out that's going to be our triage you are the first pulled out because yours was mostly preventable and i think that if we started advertising you know, people are going to get pissed off and i'm going well, if it's a choice between somebody who made a quote responsible choice and you can fight me all day long about whether it's a responsible choice or not but you know i still tend to believe the science behind it you know i don't believe necessarily the cdc on everything or you know or everything that comes out of their mouths but the science is pretty strong on this and the companies have you know they have not a whole lot of reason to lie about this because they you know you're still kind of screwed if you lie about a vaccine if you, if they catch you committing fraud you're not covered by the vaccine exception you know the vaccine you know, that program but it, it's i i think i would have just said hey look You do what you want. It's we're six months past everybody being able to get the vaccine or however far we are. And if you're not vaccinated by now, that's your own choice. And you're going to have to live with the consequences. And here's the list of consequences you have to live with. And everybody else can get about their business. But it's mostly going to be hospitalization, because if I get sick from somebody who's unvaccinated, I'm probably not going to die. You know, it's, it's like I might get sick, but it's the people who get infected, quote, from me, which I still think is a very low risk if you're fully vaccinated that you know that are really in trouble you know it's uh, those are the people who are going to clog the hospitals and die and i you know it's i can't make them do and i don't want to make them do they get to make their own choices i can think they're stupid i'm sure i make a ton of choices people think are stupid you know and i have and i've done stupid things but it's just one of those things that drives me nuts about this whole thing it's like the government can't have it both ways either the vaccines work and if you get them you can go about your normal life or they don't work, and we've just been lying to us the whole time. So now we've got to remask and shut down again.
2: and there's the thing too: is there is no end game in sight because I think what some people think is, once we all are vaccinated, there'll never be another case of COVID again. This is never going to go away. This is something we're going to have to live with. It's going to be like the seasonal flu every year, you know. And we don't close down the economy for the flu. No, I get it. It's eighteen months ago. No one knew. And you saw the stuff coming out of China. I remember before it was even here, you'd see the, the bootleg videos coming out. There they they were welding people in place in their apartments, sailing them in because they didn't know what they had on their hands. You know, as we go through this, you're never going to eliminate this 100%. And I think in some ways, and I hate to sound cruel, we've made this worse by locking people down, by doing these these mitigation efforts that have just prolong this whole thing. I think hey, we just gone about our business, understanding that people aren't going to get sick, whether they're vaccinated, unvaccinated. You know, take some precautions, wash your goddamn hands, use a little hand sanitizer. But I think this would have burned itself out, or at least you'd it such a state where it'd be a weaker virus, you'd catch it, it'd be like the seasonal flu or a cold. You know, that's the other problem, too, is when I got in an argument with my parents on this, they're like, oh, the masks work, like nobody had the flu last year. Well, there's two factors to that. Nobody was going out. Two, the FDA just admitted they pulled the test off the you know market and said the test can't tell if it's going to cold, a flu or COVID. They all show up as the same. So how many of these hospitalizations were for the flu and not COVID, which are still serious, don't get me wrong, you know, but we're never going to get to zero cases. You've got to eventually say, look, if you're that terrified, never leave your house again and do us all a favor. We're going to get about our lives. We're going to get the economy moving again and go. I understand a lot of it, too, is they wanted to shut the economy down to get Trump out. God forbid, you know, he won, whatever. But there comes a point where we can't sustain this. People have got to get back to work. You know, And this whole eviction moratorium, I mean, you're screwing the, the owners of the property. They're not getting any, any, any refrieve. And you know, you're seeing these guys anyway, – I'm kind of getting off on a tangent. But what bothers me about this whole thing is we've – there's nothing but inflate the government some more. We have a situation where we're paying people to basically stay home, making more staying home, but then they couldn't pay the rent, which makes no sense to me. If we're giving you more money than you were making working, where did that money go if you weren't paying the rent with it? So I have no sympathy for people. Now, again, there's some people I understand you know they weren't making more on unemployment, but the people that were i've got no sympathy for those people they get put on the street. I really don't because what did you do with the money?
1: Well, the problem I don't care what you do with your money, honestly, it's like I care what you do with my money or the Man. taxpayer's done if you want to spend all your money on bazooka Joe gum and and you know malt liquor, God bless you, I don't care. Whatever you know, whatever you want to spend on lottery tickets, it, it's fine. But the minute you start spending my money, and money's fungible, you know, when if I'm pumping five hundred bucks a month or weekly into your account through the taxpayer doll then it becomes my business. And I've always had to, anyway. I'm ta- I'm going to riff on this tangent and going to move to a different tangent. One of my opinions has always been: if you are living in government housing or or on the doll. We can tell you exactly how you fucking have to live because you're basically a kid. I, I, you're, you're not, I, I would give you six months. You can do what you want for six months. But after that, you're functionally a ward of the state. You know, you've become a ward of the state. You said, I want to live as a ward of the state. And then you start getting all these uncomfortable conversations about it's like, no, you can't buy that with your EBT card. No, you can only buy vegetables, canned, frozen, what fresh, whatever you want to do. You can buy potatoes, you can buy rice, you can buy beans, you can buy like basic staple stuff. You can't buy all this other shit with them. And you know, if you've got more income that you want to spend that stuff on, then we're giving you too much EDT. You know, and that's the one of the things riffing away from COVID, but it's sort of like the calculation of the poverty rate doesn't include the transfer payments made. It Includes some of them, but not like a lot of the big ones. It doesn't include, you know, I forget what it you know, I can go back and look, but you know, when everybody cites these poverty Statistics about how like all these Americans are under the poverty level, and I'm looking at you know Americans who have you know the streaming services, gaming systems, cars. Some of them, most of them, have air conditioning. I mean, they've done surveys of the American poor. Most people in the world would kill to be American poor. You know, and that's one of my tangents. But we can get back to COVID and Cuomo, and you know, and cut killing the olds and fucking the youngs if you want. No. Yeah. Volgy. Well, guy well,
2: um
0: on Cuomo, I mean to me, the fact that he may get you know sort of me tooed out um you know it's sort of catching al Capone for tax evasion, right I mean it's bad, it's wrong, but you know he should have been impeached for mishandling uh, the pandemic, but I think too many people were too invested in the narrative of oh, he's doing a great job, and you know so and so's doing a bad job or whatnot so um yeah.
2: Yeah, and I don't. I, I don't think. I'm sorry. I don't think he'll get. Like I guess I agree with you. It'll be me tooed out. And the reason they're not going to pursue him on the death. Well, he people he may not home. get.
0: He may not get me tooed out. I mean, I don't know. That's that's a well, really good question. It's right? not looking like, good
2: for him right now. But but having said that, though, I think what people it, are focusing on that whole fiasco instead of the nursing home crisis is because then they'd have to look at Murphy in New Jersey. They'd have to look at Whitmer in Michigan. They'd have to look at you know other.
1: Who's the, the guy in Connecticut? I always yeah. forget his name.
2: They'd have to look at those people and they don't want that kind of exposure. So they'll focus on the cupping of the breast and we'll go from there.
1: Homo should be in jail simply for cooking the books on the number of nursing home deaths. I, I firmly believe that. I mean, he, he ordered people, bullied people, twisted arms to make himself look better than he was. Then he got a book deal for $5 million because he, he set the playing field he wanted to play on illegally. You can't, it's a falsifying government records is what it is. And he should be in prison for that. And if they don't, if he, if he ends up getting indicted and they don't charge him with falsifying government records, I'm going to be ripshit because yes. if, if I did it, I mean, or if, 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 you know, Gort did it, or if, you know, Mandy or volgy did it, then it would just be, we would be in prison. Nobody would ask twice, you know, and if you had clearance, you'd lose your clearance, you'd lose your job. Nobody who had clearance would be allowed to talk to you ever again. I mean, and it's just you know, but no, it's okay. He's a Democrat. He's a governor. Yeah, it just frustrates the living hell out of me because, like you were saying earlier, there are two sets of rules. There are the rules for the you know the elites, and there's the rules for everybody else, and that's just not right. And it it manifests in so many ways. It manifests, it manifests in the way cops treat black people. It manifests or the poor people in general. Um, But black people specifically, whether they're rich, poor, whatever, it manifests all the way throughout our country and our society. And it's just frustrating as hell because there should be one set of rules that everybody has to play by.
2: Well, we just we lived through four years from the day he was even before he was inaugurated. The minute he won an election, we lived through four years. of we've got all this evidence, you know, we're going to show you tomorrow and we're going to prosecute him. We went through three impeachment hearings, went through all this crap with all this made up evidence that never materialized. And here we've got laptops with all the seals on them. We've got, you know, people willing to sw- sworn affidavits that, you know, the r- records were falsified. And it's like whistling through the graveyard. Nobody cares. You know, so like I said, people get f- extremely frustrated because they definitely see two tiers of justice. It's well, I think I, can I, get away with. And, and to, you know. to me,
0: this goes back to, honestly, Bill Clinton uh, and his impeachment where he was guilty. Everybody kind of knew it, but he skated on a party line vote. Um, I think Trump on one or two of his impeachments, he, I mean, he he committed the impeachable offense and he skated on a party line vote, I think largely because a lot of Republicans felt like, hey, it's sauce for the goose, sauce for the gander. And we're sort of now in this cycle of our guy gets off um, and, you know, we'll go after your guy by whatever means hook or crook, fair or foul. Um, because again, a lot of Democrats believe that, you know, that Clinton had been gone after by, you know, foul means in terms of his, even though he had passed all the sexual harassment laws he was accused of violating. Um, allegedly. Um, but you know, so I I, I think we've got this really sort of dysfunctional um thing in our political life. And that's that's I was gonna say in regard to Cuomo, it's not clear to me that he's actually going to get me to. Because again, and I I think to some degree this is why mandy and pewter have such strong opinions about a lot of these pandemic measures is you guys basically live in one-party states right there's no functional back and forth gort's got at least a uh, republican governor um you know who's n- not the most republican of governors but he's you know at, at least he's not cuomo he's not pritzker um by any means he's not Whitmer. Um so and you know and I, I live in a state with a Democratic governor and uh, you know semi-functional Republican party. Um, so the you know a lot of the mitigation measures around here have been um, a little more reasonable, I think, uh, and it oftentimes left up to which I, I actually thought um, the education thing that um, Peter was talking about with Mrs. P in terms of having uh, the local you know, county level uh, school boards and stuff make their own decisions. I'm all for that. I'm I'm a localist guy. And plus, I mean, in a state the size and variety of New York, I mean, you know, there's, there's no reason the same things that should be going on at, you know, PS 113 in the Bronx should be the rule in, you know, some totally rural county on the Canadian border. Um, that to me, that doesn't make any sense. Um, and so, you know, I don't know, I think it's, it's a, it's a, we're just in a, a crappy time. Um, you know, as, as Peter said, this timeline stinks and uh, you know, we're just staggering our way through it.
1: No, I, I agree with you. And I, I think normally, you know, Volgi, Volgi, I'm going to keep calling you Volgi. I'm just picking one and sticking with it. The localist federalist sort of like within the state federalist notion, you know, leave it to the subsidiary, subsidiarity. subsidiarity. Yeah. Yeah that idea I I fully agree with. I think it's it's the right way to do things. I think generally cramming it down to the closest to the people that the decision could possibly made is right. But what we're gonna have here in New York, and it's coming because the trial lawyers are such a huge, 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 huge donor class, is that if you guess wrong, you're getting sued as a school district and people are gonna get rich off it. Mostly the trial lawyers. Don't they
0: have sovereign immunity?
1: arguably you know but i mean th- this is a novel sort of you know i mean in theory yes but the deal is now that everybody in the local districts are looking to have state guidance because they can say i adhere to the state guidance now oh, right. they're left with it's the C- C- it's,
0: it's cya and it, and, it, and it makes sense i mean in you know on some level you, it's nice to have a standard that you can appeal to and essentially pass the buck to mm-hmm. um you know it's like i don't know that you would necessarily want every catholic parish making its own rules for you know should people be wearing masks at mass or should there be required sunday mass i think you know okay diocesan level seems a reasonable thing plus that way priest that either himself is conflicted or his mm-hmm. um uh, par- you know, c- congregation is split he can say hey the diocese says, but I, you know, I, I, think that's, that's sort of one thing, you know, um, talking about how you can get too small, but, uh, you know, again, if you've got county level government or even municipal level government at a large enough level, like, you know, the city of Buffalo or the city of Rochester in, in Pewter's case, th- those, those are units that can, you know, and should be able to take responsibility for, conditions in their own boards, not maybe they don't want to, because again, you know, yeah. it's sort of like everybody wants the God King president to make all the decisions yeah. for all 50 States. Um, you know, uh, but you know, in a functioning society, it would be nice. And especially, you know, in American society under the design of the constitution, you know, people are supposed to take care of their own business. But that, but that ship sailed back in the 1800s. I mean, we gave that up and when we started allowing. You know the, the for the common good kind of things um to cross in at the particularly at the federal level um well, that's the admin the administrative state in the progressive era is, is the main it, villain it was will right. it
1: started it, started with wilson and it exploded under fdr after he cowed the court uh, into submission and it just it got worse from there and i've got my own pet theories about why what oh it
0: was, i but, i think you can trace it back further than that i think you can trace it back to maybe late in hamilton's time um where it was about funding and what was allowed as far as what if congress is funding it then congress can control it kind of thing um which really blurred the lines of article of the 10th amendment right and and what congress is you know allowed the rights here onto or however that's phrased.
1: Yeah, but my theory on that has always been okay, if the Congress if your theory is Congress if Congress is funding it, then they can dictate it. All right. But there's a whole hell of a lot of unfunded mandates floating around out there that that that, oh. that the feds piggyback off the state's environment. Most environmental laws, for example. They would they you know the EPA has enforcement power, but they don't have a nearly enough people. They piggyback off the state enforcers. And they don't pay for that. You know, and there's all kinds of stuff that the Fed mandates that they don't pay minimum wage. Right. Minimum but it's federal minimum wage. I mean, it's that's functionally a tax. And absolutely. nobody calls it a tax.
0: I mean, to, to Peter's point, I mean, I think, I mean, it, I think there's, a, there's a truth in both of them in, in the sense that, you know, the federal government did fairly early on assert control over things that were in its domain. However, it early on still recognized limits on what was in its domain. And it was, you know, you had the enumerated powers in the Constitution um, that was observed, you know, at least probably through the Civil War and really didn't get crazy until the Progressive Era partially because the machinery of the state just didn't have the power to, I mean, you could send a telegram to, you know, the Dakota territories, in ter- if you're Congress, but, you know, can, you, ha- how, how much information about the situation there can you get versus actually, um, controlling it? But, you know, once you get to the 20th century, things start getting a lot more controllable. And, uh, you know, after, after world war II, I mean, it's, it snowballs. Well, some of well, it comes with people thinking comfort is
1: guaranteed and that the the government is the only enforcer of that and that they they don't need to be self-reliant. And, you know, I, I don't think most Americans could be self-reliant today for any number of reasons. And I'm not knocking people who couldn't be. There's nothing wrong with it. And there is a bare minimum level of competence and, and government um, control through the police powers that that they need to exert. Um, and that's a good thing for everybody honestly. I mean, we can't have a society if everybody's out there doing whatever the hell they want. But it just, it gets frustrating when people like, well, I'm guaranteed cradle to grave. Like, I, I don't know if how any of you with the kids, you, you got younger kids, well, then, you know, Gordon and I have about the same age kids, but it's like, they come home with these crazy ass ideas about the way things ought to be. And you're kind of going, the world's never, ever worked that way. It's never function that way and if you can't you you have to fundamentally be able to take care of yourself and if you can't do that you're in a lot of trouble you can go live in a city but that's the last place i'm going to live as a lot of people found out during the pandemic um you know and you got to be able to do basic stuff i mean i'm not saying you need to know how to like wire a computer you know computer but i mean you should know how to do basic stuff you know how to fix things you know basic things basic electrical work basic plumbing work
0: Apparently, if you want to if you want to be on our podcast, you better figure out how to wire a computer. Computer. Damn right!
1: Turn it on. (laughs) I'm sorry. You know. Okay, so that's sort of the inside joke. So, like, we were late getting started because I'm in this new place. I managed to hook up my internet connection all by myself, and it you know after cussing at him for a while. But that was,
0: and then You, you, you are a rugged pioneer.
1: I am a rugged pioneer. I actually built this, you know, brick giant ranch house out of you know out of this the clay that i dredged from the bottom no of the channel and no straw no because that would be bad Baked sure. bricks, you know so no but it's just you know it's yes there's truth that we're all standing on the shoulders of giants and we all depend on the generations before us and the stuff they built but if you can't take care of yourself i mean that's just not good and if you expect others to take care of you that's an even bigger problem
2: you know, it's it's, it's insidious because you, you guys have all kind of hinted on it. You know, it's not like we woke up one morning, we voted and all of a sudden all the government wanted to take control of our lives and so came up with all these programs and are dictating what, how we spend our money, what we're going to do and all these regulations. It was a death by a thousand cuts slowly over time. And I think what's compounded that issue now, you know, especially with the whole school issue is the unions. I mean, I, I can guarantee you the teachers unions are looking for any excuse to pull the plug come September 1st, whenever schools start again, because they're going to say, well, we wanted masks, you know, little Jimmy and the parents are screaming, they don't want masks. Therefore, we're not coming back because we don't feel safe. Even though we've gotten vaccinated or what have you, it's an excuse not to come back. Now, maybe I'm being cynical, but after last year's performance for the teachers unions and Randy Weingarten and all these other, I, I just, I just can't give them the benefit of the doubt. So I think that's what really makes it Makes it worse; it compounds on a whole issue, and it, it ties back into this. And you're, and exactly right. You know, I, I consider myself to be prepared. I'm not. I don't think I'm a prepper. I'm not, I'm not digging a bunker in the backyard. But you know, i at the same time. If I couldn't go to the grocery store for two weeks, you know, we're going to be fine. You know, I've got. We've got supplies. We've got things. I've got basic first aid things. I I, I know how to take care of myself. Am I going to go, you know, and society collapses, go find 40 acres and start planning? Probably not. You know, it's not going to happen. I'm not going to be able to homestead and, and do all that stuff. And there are uh, some people that can do that. But we've become a society, like you said, there are certain basic things that I don't need to know how to do these things because luckily I can call a skilled tradesmen to come in and wire my house. Yeah, I can change a breaker route, but I'm not going to change the entire panel out. I'm not going to install a generator or make a transfer switch myself. We bring people in for that. I can change the faucet. I've got a plumber that's going to come in and do all that bigger work. You know, there are things that we just all can't do, but we all contribute something. And it's almost to the point where I think, I hate to sound this, we've got people in society who don't want to contribute at all. Whether they can or can't, they just don't.
1: Or, yeah, or we've got people who do contribute at the top end, who look down at the people who do all that basic work that allows them to be where they are and do what they do. They, they look down their nose at the garbage man. They look down their nose at the plumber, the electrician, the teacher. They look down their nose. It's the finance industry in large part. It's other professions as well, but it generally seems to be centralized around major cities where it's like there's the hierarchy and they look down their nose at these other people. And I'm going, without you, without these other people, you could not do what you do. Without the guy who drives you every day, whether you've hired him or not, whether it's an Uber driver, taxi driver, or your personal driver, you wouldn't be where you are. And it's Not, just stuff like that drives me nuts. You
2: know, I, I may have told the story. We have friends of ours that went to school with my son. And we bumped into them in the store. And, oh, where's your son going to school? Oh, he's going here. Where's your son going? And they got real quiet. And the mom was all like embarrassed. She goes, well, he, he's going to become an electrician. And she's like almost embarrassed to say that. And we're like, oh, that's fantastic. And they're looking at it, like we're out of our minds. I said, I looked at her. I said, let me put it this way. My toilet's flushing up. I'm calling a plumber, not a woman's studies major. I said, here's a guy. He doesn't want to go to school and that college isn't for everybody. This is a guy, like you said, he's going to make big bucks. He's going to a profession, going to get paid apprenticeship, come out and probably be making a six figure salary in a few years. And as debt free. Debt and, free. And, debt, and debt free. You know, there's that old meme going around it. Here's, you know, here's Jim who philosophy majors is $80,000 in debt, thinks everybody else is stupid you know, Billy, he went to electrician school. He'd be shutting his power off tomorrow. You know, and like you said, we've we've devalued hard work. And there's a certain intellectual class that does look down on everybody. And I think that's where you see a lot of things, even like in New York. New York City thinks it's New York. You guys in the hinterlands are, are just fodder who basically maybe clean up some sheep manure and maybe plant yeah, some food. Probably
1: 95% of the landmass, if not more, of New York State is not New York City. I mean, meaning like or the, or the Metro, there, there are that many people crammed into a tiny, it's orange and Rockland counties and, you know, Yonkers, the city, and then you've got like long Island, long Island. And, but yeah, it's, it's like the rest of the state. We're just kind of like, you know, we're more like Ohio out in the West or pencil, Pennsylvania, you know, sort of Western Pennsylvania, not Philadelphia, but it's, you know, it's, it's, it's just annoying as hell to be ruled from, you know, 350, I think I'm closer to, I think pretty sure I'm closer to Pittsburgh by a lot than I am to New York city. Like distance wise, not, not even just ideologically wise. So it's, it's, it does get frustrating. And you know, everybody who's like, well, you know, borders don't exist if you fly over the place, you know? So they're just lines on a map, man. I'm kind of, okay, let's redraw the state boundaries. Let's figure it out. Then we're going to keep 50 states. We're going to pigeonhole you guys into city states. And then the rest of the country will just get along fine. You know, you guys can do what you want, bitch, and, you know, get up crazy laws, and we'll just go on from there. Anyway.
2: Well, why do they get two senators when they, we've got former people? I hate that argument. Oh, my God. <laughs> we'll talk I, lo- about I love that that the, civics.
1: There have been some people who have like, made the argument that the Senate is gerrymandered. And I'm going, <laughs> but, you know, it's like one of those moments where you just kind of – you get that quizzical look on your face, and you go, but the states have been – had the same borders from their time of admission – more, more or less, you know, you had West Virginia cleave off of Virginia, and you had all those weird sort of skinny land holdings on the colonial maps like a way the hell out to the Mississippi and stuff like that. But, you know, from the time they became states, for the most, I guess Vermont came off in the mirror, but it's, for the most part, it's not, you can't, gerry- can't gerrymander the Senate. It's like gerrymandering the presidency.
2: Most of those people can spell gerrymander, let alone actually define what it is. So I, I take that argument.
0: And now a word from one of our sponsors.
3: Are you having trouble with your computer? Do your friends say things like,
0: I hate computers. How do I turn my camera on? I think
3: exact I have to analogy. jack
0: into my giant
3: When you call your local tech support, do you say,
0: I'm not writing anything down. Dream into the void. Yeah, I've, I've, seen, I've seen this uh, movie. It, uh, it gets get pretty scary.
3: It doesn't end it well. <laughs> well, stop your complaining because the Sleestack Urban Computer Consortium. With a K, IT Services is here to help. We fix Gateway Tower PCs, Wyze laptops, Newtons, BlackBerry Curves, the TRS-80, Commodore 64s, and Amigas. When you have questions like,
0: I'm trying to figure this out right now. First time I've logged into
3: this ISP with this computer. It's guys got <laughs> the camera off. Call us at Sleastack Urban Computer Consortium IT. Our name is our number. That's 1-800-SUCK-IT. Yes, 1-800-SUCK-IT. Don't let your next podcast recording become a train wreck.
0: I should have seen this coming.
3: I don't know what's better, that he can't hear us
2: and we can't <laughs> hear him.
1: I'm just going to like ramble on for like the next hour about shit that pisses me off.
0: Remote access into his computer and configure the uh, sound card and stuff. The
3: glorious right. people struggle. Call now and tell us the czar sent you and you'll get 2.9% off your total.
0: And now back to our program.
2: His, his speech
3: is the best.
0: <laughs> and the, the other aspect here that I think has contributed to it besides what we just covered is the hyper-connectedness that we have in society today. Right. And whether it's news cycle or internet and Twitter and Facebook and all the social media platforms, right now, if you are in the hinterlands, as we've been referring to it, or you're in a city, you know what's going on in both sides and you're connected. And then you get, arguably, in my opinion, you get this jealousy kind of thing going on between different parts of the country where. Hey, they have that. Why can't I have that? And they don't, they don't adhere to the federal republic's kind of structure that we have in place that uh, maybe the rest of your state doesn't want that or whatever your jurisdiction is, or it doesn't apply where you are. And, And so, so we should just treat the whole United States as one big country and just ignore the states, which you know, if we want to go that route, fine. Then get rid of the governors, get rid of the local senates, and and please, please no. legislative.
1: <laughs> please right. no.
0: Right.
1: welcome to being ruled by Los Angeles and New York and Boston well, and D.C. Yeah, or
0: just one big federal government, like, and put all those rest of those people out of the job. I'm I'm all in favor of putting politicians out of jobs.
2: But. Well, you know, I think you're I think you're going <laughs> to see that. I mean, I think this whole defund the police movement is really a push through, to a federalized police force. Because I think people want the government to basically do local policing. And I think it's obviously a mistake. But again, there's that core group of people that want that centralized government. I think they don't understand that we're not a democracy. And they can't, they can't get this into their heads. And to them, it's an impediment to what they want to do. Thank and this God is it's there. Where,
0: this is where the teachers, and while I admire teachers, this is where they failed. Right? This is an educational problem. Yeah, but I mean, it's not only classroom teachers, you've got the school boards that govern them, you've got, you know, the state level, especially places like New York state level of, you know, things that create standards and everything else. So it's a, it's a general societal failure. Mm -hmm. Um, And i I, I have a hard time guessing when that started. I'm guessing the seventies, eighties, maybe, I don't know if it, it's probably trackable, if you can do a history of like education schools, since we decided we had the one role of our teacher through education schools to see what they're teaching, um, with regards to those things. does that eventually trickles down and becomes the conventional wisdom among teachers. Well,
1: it's wh- whenever these, these traditionally there've been very few quote professions. There've been skilled trades like electricians, plumbers who are, you know, craftsmen. Some of those men and women are just geniuses, welders, all that, you know, they can do stuff that, you know, that they couldn't explain how they do it, but they just know how it works intuitively. But, you know, it used to be what doctors, lawyers, accountants, kind of, but that kind of, but I mean, there weren't too many profession professions. And that's, that's what happened to teaching. Now it's education. Now they're not teachers. They're educators. Right. And I'm going, when's the last time you drew any knowledge out of anybody? Okay. So it's like, but it's, so there's that. And it's also happened to journalism. And that's where, when journalists became a thing rather than reporters, that's when shit started to happen. And that's when things started to go sideways. And that's when you started to get like, like Volga was saying, you, you get narratives and it's, it's this is what they're taught in school so they know that this is how they're supposed to do this job it's no longer write down the facts tell us the facts and let us make up our own mind unless you're writing in the opinion pages or you know whatever that's great write in the opinion pages if you want to do that but just tell us what happened we're not dumb but i think what's happened over time is because of the educators you know, educators the unions there and the e-schools e as opposed to the j schools america's gotten dumber it's it's like affirmatively, a lot of people can't do basic stuff like basic math, read well, you know, communicate well, write at all. Hardly. Well,
0: and, and, and let's be fair, teachers have gotten dumber, too. Um, if you look yeah. at. You know education majors uh they often are the lowest sat cohort at most universities Very um awesome. you <laughs> know and i, I it's, there's to some degree a you know a, a, an unintended backlash of feminism and essentially when you know women got access to the professions there are a lot of really smart women who wouldn't have been allowed to do anything other than say teach or be a nurse um in the old days Um, you know, the bad old days, if you will. Um, but the nice thing about that for society was you had really smart women teachers a lot of the time. You had really smart, you know, women running. You're still, you know, smart women teachers, smart nurses and stuff. However, the pool they're drawing from is a lot shallower than it used to be because there are now a lot of really smart women investment bankers, a lot of really smart women doctors, lawyers, Indian chiefs, what have you. Um, you know, and over time, I think our education system has suffered. Um, and again, nobody planned this, there's no villain here. It's just, um, you know, everything is a trade off. And that's one of the things we traded off um, unknowingly and, you know, sort of unwittingly. And, you know, I'm not a reactionary, enough to say, you turn the clock back and somehow fix that, um, you know, by forcing people to do different jobs. But you it's something we have to deal with, um, you know, the prob- and the problem is you can't say
1: what you just said anymore. Without being labeled a bigot or a hater or a sexist or whatever you want to call it, you know it's like, and you it's it's getting more and more difficult to speak truth or to say fact. It's like it's pretty factual that it yeah you can draw a straight line as you were saying, Bulgy, you know from like you know the, the uh, entry of women into the ma- into the all of the workforce, like not just limited to certain professions or certain jobs. And you know, and sort of like the dumbing down of the of the quality of teachers slash educators, whatever you want to call them, and it, like you said, it's natural. It wasn't intended. It's nothing wrong with it. And you still have plenty of really super smart teachers out there who are doing great work um, because it's a choice they made. It's a choice among many that they made. Um, but it's it's frustrating when you can't even just say, "Hey, this happened," you know, without getting jumped for it.
2: The kids are no longer taught how to think. They're taught what to think. And like we talked about before, if you've got a school board that has a certain agenda, that's what those kids are being – and indoctrination is probably a strong word, but that's what they're being steered towards. And you're yeah, saying that you – know, like you school- said, when your kids come home, they have these crackpot ideas. And where yeah. are they getting it from? The education system
0: yeah well and school boards and and you know ed schools and everything else are are downstream from you know other universities and stuff so i think a lot of you know you can go back and say you know the literary departments you know importing of french philosophy as you know their sort of lodestar back in the you know late 60s early 70s um, you know, which helped mint a lot of PhD degrees among people who had been staying out of the draft. Um, you know, and things like that. You know, as opposed to more of the traditional, you know, English-based, you know, things like that has trickled down into the other humanities, gotten into the other humanities, eventually into political sciences, and you know, so you ended up with this, you know, sort of generalized nihilism. You know that uh you know nothing means anything, words are magic, you know if you use the right word, you change reality um you know kind of you know goofiness that you can you know you can trace back intellectually the roots of those ideas, but um you know i it, we are where we are. I don't know that there's you know a lot to be gained other than you know trying to get good ideas and good methods back into schools um but you know, I, our generation is probably the last that was exposed to some of the older stuff. Um, and I don't think we're well positioned anymore to be the ones to put it back in. You know, I think that, I think that we're, ship has sailed. We definitely but, were. A, we're a, we're a small generation. And, and two, it's really hard to fight, uh, the populist narrative of just being able to ask a question. I mean, I, I get Peter's point, but it really comes down to being able to ask the question, right? And it goes, it goes into scientific, like the scientific method is just asking a question, right? It's real basic. You approach a problem with, and you have a hypothesis that you put out there, you, like the sky's blue. Okay. Well, let me go see if I can prove it. And I go get data. Well, once I get a piece of data that conflicts with my hypothesis, the I can't hypothesis believe you- is, is wrong. I can't believe you see color when it comes to sky Jam. <laughs> So, so it's, uh, but the hypothesis must be wrong. And these days and ages it's not because if the hypothesis is the message that they want to convey or the platform that they want to support, they change the data or the model, right? Cause it's all now model based and it's not factual data. Um, they change that instead of revisiting the, the the original premise, and that's where it breaks. Like, why can't we ask the question? Like, I get—I'll be the first to say—the climate changes, but but I would be the first to also change. Well, can't we ask the question? How much? How much of human uh, behavior and and um, activity has really affected the weather? So it
1: It becomes an issue where it's less about asking the question insofar as it it's making the thought itself unthinkable and unsayable. and that's that the change in the language it's it's fundamentally marxist. i mean it, it's it's you you capture the language and you you change the language to meet your needs, you make words mean what they don't
0: mean well, you know and stuff like that it's it, i'd say it's pre-marxist it's you're you're creating a taboo system i mean it, it's it's fundamentally functions like religious taboos yeah but the language change is
1: what always has gotten me it's like they keep changing you're right there there's there's a healthy dose of sort of the religious religiosity you know it's a quasi religious is what what i mean to say here you know this sort of belief system that's not religious but it kind of is because it's got a lot of the similar characteristics to a faith but it you can't when you can't say certain words or you define certain words out of meaning like from their original contexts you've lost the ability to think and say certain things i mean if you can't communicate your idea even if you can think them what good is it you know that's sort of the you know you're basically destroying part of humanity's very nature because we're community give in theory and social beasts and if you can't communicate your ideas to other people effectively, because, the, because they've been made unthinkable by the change in the language, so you can't communicate your idea effectively, then you've lost, you've just lost so much. I mean, bad ideas, good ideas, racist ideas, you know, angelic ideas, you know, take your pick. But I mean, they should all be out there in the stew. That was the original idea. And if you want to, sh- you know, you don't shout people down. You just say, that's the dumbest damn thing I've ever heard. And here's the 15 reasons why that's dumb and racist and bad. Say it. You know, but don't be afraid of somebody saying a racist thing. You just say that's just really not the way it works. And it's really not that acceptable anymore. If you want to continue down that way, great. But, you know, go live by yourself.
0: I don't think we're dealing at the, the level of rational discourse. Ultimately, I think we are dealing with something much more like a religious situation where you've got i mean we're americans right we're all puritans a little bit you know none of we're all catholics here but we, we are all you know there is in the american bloodstream a puritan streak you know the the fear that someone somewhere is having a good time for the wrong reason right and uh the i think you know the recent you know sort of recrudescence of you know wokeness or whatever um is a slightly academified you know version of a great awakening kind of thing where everybody is really excited about, you know, um, you know, their tent worship where they go, you know, crazy and, you know, confess their sins and, um, handle snakes, except here it's, you know, uh, getting really excited about, you know, their, Privilege and, you know, they can go and, you know, show that they are among the elect because they care more than the damn do about, you know, whatever mascot group um, they want to do. And and I, I do think that a lot of this is largely, um, you know, interest status battles among white people um, at the top of the chain. Um, I, I tend to think of this is not a, a discourse that is amenable to you know, well, wait, can not we all be reasonable here? No, we can't. Because in fact, you know, you're showing that you're, you know, because they're they're not, nobody's caring about the surface level or the the content level of the utterances. They're reading your election or damnation out of your utterances. And therefore, you know, the the motives are attributed and your, you know, ultimate salvation status is determined by where you stand on this. And so I, I don't think it's something that's, that's rationally movable. I'd probably like most of these, you know, sort of societal fevers, it'll break and something else will come along, um, and replace it among elites cause it'll get boring or it'll, it'll, it'll be the fact that, you know, the proles in Arkansas and Wisconsin and, you know, Idaho learn to speak the jargon. And as a result, they can—they're not special anymore. You know, the masters of the jargon, and they'll have to find something else to you know show that they are the select, the good, the elect. You know, the better. So, uh, I'm—I'm I'm fairly pessimistic on the the possibility that you know this can be addressed in any you know reasonable kind of level of rational discourse. So, well, and and the dangerous part. Back to kind of playing off what you were just saying there at the end, Volgi, and then playing off what Pewter was teeing up. When you can't say that stuff, but you can still think it, well, that just fosters unrest within yourself and within your group that thinks likewise. And there's only a couple avenues of action from that, right? And a couple of those aren't too good if they... Most, most of them, most of them are not good.
1: <laughs> Honestly. I mean, seriously, when you get to that point, I mean, you're, you're convinced that it's you against the world. So right. much of it. I mean, you're either going to self harm or harm others at a certain point. Very few people get to that point where they're convinced there's no way out.
0: Yeah. And, you know, I mean, and I think in general, this kind of stuff, you know, comes and goes, but uh, it is definitely made worse by, as Gort mentioned before, technology at this point, um, because we're all pushed right in each other's faces um, all the time. And, uh, you know, as you talk about like, okay, if you've got your blue tribe and your red tribe, so to speak, you know, if you want to say the the gentry and the country parties or the, you know, coasts and the, the hinterlands, um, you know, the fact that, you know, you kind of heighten the snobbery, reverse snobbery dynamic among those people. And, you know, everybody gets to say, oh, that person there is hateful because they belong to, you know, this or that, or they're, you know, those people all do the wrong things, right? You know, whether it's, you know, the the traditional American image of of that type of stuff is, you know, the backwoods guy going, oh, those black people in the cities, they're da-da-da. And nowadays you get, you know, oh, you know, the guy in you know Manhattan going oh those rubes in Oklahoma you know good they're dying of COVID because those idiots da 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 da, da. you know um it, it, it's it's much more acute and it, it may be that you know it's that dynamic that you know heightens it to the point that you do end up with some sort of you know crisis I certainly hope not yeah you mentioned tribes like I read a book about maybe about a year ago, Amy Chua's book on political tribe. It's called Political Tribes, Group Instinct and the Fate of Nations. She takes apart a number of misconceptions, I'll say that we had about how places in the world operated, uh, Vietnam, uh, Iraq, Afghanistan, and how we just didn't understand the tribal nature uh, and how that really drove what was going on there. And she takes it forward into present day, you know, politics within the U.S. It's kind of interesting. Scotland, if you look at the U.K. even, you've got the Scots
1: who want out, you know, because they're all crazy. And I love the Scots, but, you know, they're they're of the sort of Western European, they're probably among the most tribal people left. They're very, you know, cliquish and, you know, clannish.
0: Well, yeah, but even by but by his, like, universal human versions of tribes, even they are not that tribal. It's not like... Uh, you know if, if you're born in lebanon or probably mongolia or various places you know when you're born you pretty much can tell who your dentist and your accountant and your you know uh, people Indiana. are going to be because they are in yeah. you know concentric circles around you of relation okay. and those are your degrees of trust okay. and, and things like that um your europe mostly got that Beat out of them in the Middle Ages by the Church by refusing to marriage people marry people within seven degrees of consanguinity and things like that. So Europe, because of its Christian underpinnings, has a, a much more individualistic um, background, and we've inherited that as Americans for the most part. Um, you know, obviously, I think uh, you know American Indians, especially those who still live um, more traditionally and in, in, in more isolated places, have a, have a different perspective and experience of that. Um, much closer to the human norm. Um, but again, I think, you know, we, what's the, I can't remember the acronym, you know, weird, you know, Western European individualistic rich democratic societies. Um, we, we, we're, we're exceptional in ways we don't realize. And I think that's the, um, probably a lot of the, what, um, Amy Chua would be saying would be that hey, you know, these people view the world entirely differently than, than we do. And coming in and asking them to agree to a set of propositions that come out of our own weird exceptionalist history um, is just not going to work for the most part. Now, that said, occasionally it does. Look, I mean, Japan um, and Korea, and South Korea at least, have become um, essentially kind of weird cultures on their own. They're different, but they're pretty well integrated into the... You know, if you will, the West, broadly speaking, um, but they were they were beaten into that, right? I mean, like I, you, sort of, but yes you, and you, no. I mean, yes and yeah. no. But I mean, we, they were defeated, right? But so was Iraq, so was Afghanistan, if you will. I'm um, not sure but, those
1: countries were ever really defeated.
0: I, I don't know how to put.
1: I, it's like yes, yes, technically their governments were toppled, but. That the population was never subjugated. I mean, it, and Korea was. Japan certainly was, because it had to be, right? I would think. I mean, you know, you nuked a bunch of people. Their emperor toppled. It was sort of, you know, it, that was.
0: He wasn't deposed, though, right?
1: No, no, he wasn't. But it was. It was made. He was. He was. I think he was
0: allowed to coexist. He was deified, basically. Correct. But. Yes,
1: which is a huge, huge, huge change. I mean, it's it's. You know, it's like saying, I
0: mean, I I, I think we were encouraged by our ability to um, take countries that had violently rejected the general Western way of thinking because the Germans did, too. Um, And uh, the Japanese absolutely did. Right. The Greater East co Prosperity Sphere was Asia for Asians. Um, You know, get out of here. You know, British, French, American, everybody else. Um, Dutch. who were in some ways were some of the worst, uh, but anyway, uh, the you know, and and those societies were reconstructed with the cooperation of the members of those societies that had dissented from the previous visions um, into you know functional, you know, international rule-following, basically peaceful, you know, Western-ish societies. So um, I think you know we thought we could do that. You know on a repeated basis in Korea, it took a while right I mean, you had a whole bunch of- ra- rather nasty dictatorships in South Korea um who mostly under south korean i I have no idea what the CIA was doing in the background or whatever, mostly under South Korean pressure um, you know turned themselves into a you know republican democracy um you know in the in the eighties so you know and and there' been other societies with greater and lesser success like you know the philippines and um, some other, uh, other ones, but I don't know. I, you know, we, 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 whatever we had in terms of knowledge of being able to do that, we clearly lost it. Um, and you know, or didn't care to follow through on if we, if we did know. I don't know, but you know, our, our nation building exercises have been pretty bad.
1: Well, I do, I do think a lot of that had to do with the number of eggs you were willing to break, to be polite about it. You know, it's know. like, I. That's, that's my guess, you know, and it's just kind of, you know, I think people now aren't willing to do difficult, horrible things. I mean, it's sort of like British colonialism. I mean, it created India, it created Hong Kong, which has now been taken over by China.
0: It's, all, it's, all, it's a whole different beast, though. I mean, you know, yeah. the, the actual yeah. numbers of British people who were involved in the, you know, conquest, so to speak, and administration of India. Yeah, it was, it was Many, tiny, tiny, it was tiny, tiny numbers.
1: No, I get it. I mean, but you know, who knows? It's, it's again, it could just be an historic anomaly. I mean, we just don't know. But yeah, but you're right. It's, I think going forward, that's no way for America. I think it's just kind of like if people are causing trouble. You go on and you route them out, no, who, no matter who they are. And then you just leave and you say, look, just don't cause trouble. We don't want to be here. You guys run yourselves. Just don't bother us and we'll let you be. So, but what do I know? All right. So what else we got today? Anything else? Anything? That's a, pr- that's a pretty packed up uh, show, I think. All right. Well, it sounds good to me. Well, that's the end of it then. So I'll say I'll say goodbye for today to the the listening public who all love us dearly, and we love you right to hell back. Yep. Yeah.
2: I'll say obey me as always.
1: See you
0: later. It doesn't end it-
2: well. <laughs>